0: This episode is sponsored by On Approval. On Approval is a new way to live with original art in your home or office by removing the typical entry barriers. Try before you buy or rent and rotate artworks for one month, half year or full year periods all through a seamless subscription service. On Approval is built by art world experts who believe there is a smarter and more efficient way to discover artists and support their work. A close friend of mine knows the founders of On Approval. I think they are on to something big. Uh, if people have the chance to live with a the work, they can really see if that emotional bond will develop or not. I think it's really great thinking. Visit their website at onapproval.com. On this episode, we have Graham Goddard. Graham is an accomplished visual artist with gallery representation who is constantly seeking ways to challenge and reinvent himself. Graham's pursuit of creativity goes well beyond the canvas and encompasses not only installations but also business endeavors where he can serve the art community that he is so passionate about.
1: Graham, it's really great to have you on the show.
2: Thanks for having me, man. Thank you so much. This is exciting.
1: Absolutely. It's exciting for me as well. Uh, we've been good friends for for some time and um, uh, it was great having you as a guest on the uh, video uh, series uh with uber unlimited and um really appreciated your friendship since those days and um excited to have you be a part of this podcast absolutely man
2: that that first video was fun. I remember being at the gallery at the whole nine gallery and just hanging out there, out there with you it was um it was one of those that we were outside in the fresh air amongst some public art
1: exactly. amongst some public art yeah yeah that yeah, worked man. really well yeah so graham um share for our listeners um about uh, your experience growing up in trinidad and i know that you were attracted to art at a very young age and one thing you shared with me was that one of your first works of art was uh the subject matter was an airplane it was a watercolor of an airplane <laughs> and yes. that became significant <laughs> in, in terms of the course of your family events so take us back to that time yeah
2: sure and you in- know It's interesting that that, that's your first question, and usually it's the first question of interviewers, right? Take me back to the very very beginning, and I guess that's that's because it gives people insight into you know who we are and and our development, and um, you know I've thought about that a lot um, just because I've I've always been been trying to be intentional about making sure that my artwork is the best that it can be, and um, digging into uh the very beginning for myself has been quite important so um the I've, I've spent a lot of time trying to figure out what my experience has how that has uh, impacted me from the actual very beginning i i grew up i grew up in new york was born in trinidad um grew up in new york but um thinking about the transition between two countries as a young child i, I we immigrated when i was about 6 years old right so Thinking about that that change in atmosphere and change in culture and food, I mean, it, it was it was a lot of um, a lot of shock for a young guy. And when we flew into the United States, my family and I, um, it was snowing in New York. So imagine coming from a Caribbean, beautiful tropical island. You know, as a child, you don't know anything different. So the air was humid, and then we got into New York, and it was we were probably at JFK, one of the or LaGuardia, and they they had me on the um, you know how the in the airport there are little trolleys that you could you know push kids in so I was on the trolley they put coats on me and then I go outside and it's just snowing and it was amazing man like I was excited I said we've well, never seen anything like this I'm, I'm so ready in the United States um, but at the very beginning um, when I think about Trinidad and connect that to the arts I think about the culture I think about the the different um, different little small snippets of, of memory that i have from trinidad so for example carnival is one of the massive things in, in trinidad right um, in the caribbean and i remember being probably five or six with my dad holding his hand in the middle of the street while the big trucks and these big loud speakers and thousands of people were around us and he's probably saying hey to his friends and having a great time and i'm just holding his hand like this looking around right um and i, I what i remember was the colors and what i remember um really really uh, vividly was how the costumes made me feel um and the, not just the costumes but the actual colors that they, they were there were holographic type of shimmering colors all over these these costumes and they had little sticks that had things sticking out of them so they would hold the sticks and jump and go down the street right so as just looking at that stick the 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 design of the stick as i must have been five years old just i felt something felt something it felt amazing it felt you know it's kind of hard to explain but
1: well you you felt like a a magic of sorts uh, something electric through you and uh, i mean uh, maybe that was kind of the spark of being visually oriented and saying wow i love this festival of color let me work in this let me do this uh, for my craft
2: yeah maybe or or um maybe it is it is part of the the um one of the first tastes of what um the beauty of creativity is for you right it's kind of like tasting food like art is very much like for me at least the process of creativity and just creativity in general is like you know when you're when you see children eat something really good for the first time, and they and like something maybe it's candy, something sweet or whatever, um, it's kind of like that. It's like whoa! I, I tasted, I tasted that visual, that visual masterpiece. And yeah, that 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 um, that I think for artists, at least for the artists that I know, um, is is the best way to describe that first, that first little little nudge into something that's already inside you, inside all of us really. Right. Cause we can all taste. So.
1: Yeah, so. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, you were very precocious uh, in your art uh, affinity and, and desire. You had an exhibition at the age of 10. Tell us about how that came about.
2: Yeah. So that, that was um, in New York and be- right before that, my parents saw me, so maybe like eight and nine, right? My parents saw me painting in my mom's garden. I had one of those little simple watercolor um, kits that have maybe nine to 10 colors on them with a big, fat, ugly brush, right? <laughs> and I'm just painting all kinds of stuff on, on papers. I'm, and they saw that I had an interest. So they said, hey, you know, let's take him to um, some art school. Some, So they took me to the Rockland Center for the Arts, um, which was in my neighborhood in Rockland County in New York. and I, I took a liking to to all of it and just started creating a ton of artwork so um, they said hey we should we should put this put this kid in you know see if this kid could be in some you know a show and like have let's have something for people to experience and um, so we um, we coordinated a, a, a show and the, the intention was not to have a solo show the intention was not to be in the art world my parents, know nothing about the art world, right? I mean, they just, my mom works for the United Nations, my dad worked for um, New York City's Comptroller's Office, and they they are just, you know, in the workforce, but they've got a kid who loves art, right? So they, they really wanted to support me and to, to lighter, light a fire under me, and also um, to share it with all their, um, you know, all their friends and all the family friends. And my art teacher, my elementary school art teacher, she came, and she was like this stuff is amazing like you know she's just a, an elementary school teacher but she's like hey you know this is this kid is 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 just dynamite he's fun you know his work is is cool so
1: how important was that encouragement early on do you feel
2: it was everything it was everything for me and and not for the art specifically but just for self esteem and love right and just you know i we we have a, a family photo album of everyone they gathered in the gallery and they took a picture with me one of my favorite parts of the night was eating the shrimp because we had <laughs> we had catered shrimp and it was just you know it was a special moment so um and, and i sold my first painting for 200 dollars that night so and that was big bucks for a 10 year old man yeah so, <laughs> so um
1: you know you get a lot you get a nintendo with that it's crazy yeah,
2: oh, you- yeah, oh, you can get lots of stuff. But I don't even know what I spent it on. I was the kind of kid that saved, though. I wouldn't spend my money. So, um, but yeah, yeah, the, the, the encouragement in terms of the just self-esteem and self-worth, I mean, a, immediately after that, I started entering in contests left and right um, in school and outside of school. And I was actually winning the contest. So that that made me, that made me feel special. And um, I think for every human being, um, any any time you could feel special, it's, it's something it's something good, as long as it's not unhealthy, right? Like my my father's the type of guy he 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 bring me back down to earth, while my mother praised me like a little prince, right? So there was a nice <laughs> there was a nice even balance. Um, but,
1: nice yin um, and yang but, there. Yeah. 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 yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I did see one of your yearbook photos. Um, I think it was probably middle school. you were probably not much older where you had this motto, find your talent and use it. Mm-hmm. Did you know at the time that your talent was art?
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 At that time. But this is, this is maybe, um, I can't remember what year. I must've been about 14 or 15. But at that time, man, I was well on my way to, to knowing that, art was it for me i mean i had i was that the resident artist in my school i drew portraits of every kid in the class i i was selling paintings that you know to my classmates and teachers and you know this was this was my thing you know as a as a kid as a teenager and as a young adult so um yeah 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 i knew so, I so you came to, to LA for college I went to, LA to go to college, just um, study fine arts at the university of Southern California. Right. Um, and then I went uh, to New York to see if I could make it in the art world in Chelsea, um, New York. So I went back to New York after college. Um, and I quickly realized that it, it was a tough task, the art business and the way it's set up. Um, and it's, it's between its network. And it's just, there's a whole ecosystem that I didn't understand as a, as a young artist. Um, and I had to dig deep and figure out um, where I really wanted to be because it was going. I knew it was going to be a long, long run. Um, so I decided to move back to LA just because it's a more comfortable lifestyle. I hate the cold weather. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so.
1: Done with the snow. Yeah. It was yeah, cool so. when you were six, but <laughs> right, right,
2: exactly, exactly. Going, going, going in that blistering cold every day to you know to make things happen is is a tough. A tough track yep. for a young uh, an island boy. So, <laughs> yeah, so a- LA, LA was it. So, I came back out here.
1: Yeah, nice, very great, perfect. So, um, then talk to us, uh, what, what kind of art were you making at the time? What was inspiring you? And then I know you had a number of shows, um, uh, but so by the so time you got back out to LA, you were about 23 or so,
2: yeah, yeah, and I was exploring, um. Inverted imagery at the time. Yeah. I had in college. I had um, created a, a an apparatus that allowed paintings to turn upside down, and when you turned the painting upside down, you saw saw an inverted image. So right side up, it was one image; upside down is another image.
1: Yeah. And you call that it repositioning the canvas? So.
2: Yes, that's correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's existed throughout history, right? I mean, we've we've seen topsy turvy imagery and inter- inverted imagery through time artists have explored it but um, what I was interested in for this specific contemporary art scene was kind of um, challenging the invisible boundary lines between the viewer and the the gallery walls and I wanted to see if people could be a little more just immersed in these paintings right there's certain artworks um, in public spaces that you can interact with there's certain artworks and even in gallery spaces where you know you can really immerse yourself in and um in 2004 i was interested in seeing what what would happen if i had this beautiful painting that normally you would not be able to touch normally you would not be able to get close to i was interested in seeing well what would happen if i allowed people to not just touch it but turn it upside down and experience it in a different way um so i would that's what i was exploring at the time and it
1: actually um, it, was
2: a, it was a success. People were, were delighted by um, the, the works that I was creating. Um,
1: so. And then at 26, you had a work, uh, The Great Emancipation. Yes. Which is a beautiful example of that uh, inversion. And you got both two different images as well as two different messages.
2: Yes, that's right. Yep, yep. The, the Great Emancipation was part of my spiritual journey. As just as a human being, and uh, um, right side up, um, it said um, surrender to God, and upside down, it said or be a slave of Satan, right? Something, something to that sort. And um, that was that was just a a nod to um, my faith as a Christian and my, um, you know, this 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 dynamic or dilemma that we all have as um, Christians, which is. Okay, so now we've got a choice now that you know we, we are um, in investing our lives into our faith and belief and understanding of what God means to us and, and what this this um, this religious walk means to us uh, for me, um, as part of you know what the the Christian faith um, talks about is well you know you've got you've got this yin and yang, per se, you've got the, the darkness and the light. You've got good and evil. And um, I wanted to make a very clean statement about that because the, the concept of evil um, had been on my mind for uh, quite a while. You know, it, it, it was really interesting to think about the idea that um, as we walk through life, there is um, a potential derailment of, um, of blessing if you're not paying attention and that concept was really interesting to me as as just part of my walk and part of my spirituality and part of what uh religion injects into people um, and and specifically christians um, within you know within their journey um so it was important to me and it's the surrendering to god part was a big part of uh the the moment in my life as well because um for me at the time i may, may have been about 20 about 25 or 26 when i created it i had really really decided to take a deep dive into um my uh my understanding of god and what god really meant and all these these interesting ideas of well you know if i'm if i'm really going to be somebody who just is a good person a good human being um let's let me look into Um, you know this this religious practice to see if I could sharpen up Um, just similar to meditation similar to you know finding finding self in a in a pure way for me it was about um, you know identifying what is what is so powerful about um, this this concept of God what is so powerful about the Bible which is you know scripture that has been around for centuries so for me you know um, I was interested in in just being a, a really really um, sharp human being, and at the time that that's what resulted as an artist. You know, you create you create what, what you're thinking about, what's inside you, what is you know what, what's going through your mind and your spirit. So that's what that's what was pumped out.
1: Absolutely. Um, and what was going on in your life at the time that you had kind of this spiritual renaissance? I was, at the time, I was um,
2: just getting into the arts, struggling. And I, um, I had just left a, um, a gig. I was working with uh, a mentor of mine. His name is Carl Kanai. He's a fashion designer um, from the 1990s, a hip-hop fashion designer. And I was creating um, these drawings on, um, on a new fashion line for him. And we, uh, we were working together um, on all these different concepts. And um, this guy was, I mean, he was in the 1990s and early 2000s. He, his brand was massive. So when I first started working with him, I just said, hey, you know, just when you're going to your meetings and, and just doing business, bring me into your wing. I want you to be my mentor. And um, I want to learn business because as an artist, I know nothing about this mm-hmm. stuff, right? So he said, sure, hey, I'm from New York too, come along, you're a great artist, you know, let's 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 rock and roll. So um, th- I had worked with him on um, that project for about three years. And um, so right after that, I decided, hey, I'm gonna get into the arts and I'm gonna really, really think about, and the arts meaning the, the business of art, right? Yeah. Because throughout that period of time, I was preparing, as I was creating work with um, his fashion line and and, um, and digging deep into understanding what business looked like, um, I was also every day painting um, to create a body of work, knowing that I was going to present it to the art the art world and uh, curators and gallery owners. So um, I was basically also while learning, buying myself time and creating a, you know sure. creating some great stuff. So um, when i created that piece of work i had already been flying solo on my own and um quite frankly struggling as an artist you know i was literally just networking every night i mean i would go i would in um in in la i would look at i would do a little google search and look at all the different galleries that were showing um in the different territories in la and go to each one and visit each one Thursday nights is a, is a big night for art showing. So I would just, um, just network the heck out of the scene, you know? So, but the struggle was, was intense um, just because, you know, the the seeds were being planted and you're not seeing much reward, you know? So that in itself for me was, Hey, you know, I need to, uh, I need to be spiritually strong, you know, and I need to kind of have a, a strong foundation of self because there are lots of no's coming and when lots of no's come your way and there's innovation happening and you're trying to do something new for yourself um a, a belief in self and also uh, a strong spiritual um uh footing is is critical
1: yeah um, at mm-hmm. least for
2: somebody like me um some people don't i guess they don't need it but i needed it
1: gotcha well it's a very entrepreneurial approach you had taken to uh trying to make your way into the art world. It's really impressive. Um, I know that you also did some installation work. Um, How did those come about?
2: Yeah, I did some work at the California African American Museum um, and also at the Skirball Museum um, and other sites in in Los Angeles. And I was interested, I was actually invited to um, exhibit at CAM, which is the California African American Museum, with an exhibition that they were doing with a, a variety of different artists, and I, I wanted to make a statement about the environment and really push myself as an artist because I had never done large-scale work. So the piece that I created was um, a 50-foot massive um, aluminum uh, installation, and there were a series of of objects that were placed in the environment, and it basically made a statement about um, about the cleanliness versus dirtiness of, of an environment. Um, but it came about through um, my relationship with um, the curators at, at the museum, at the California African American Museum, and um, trying to figure out what I could do to, uh, to contribute to a conversation at the time about environmental awareness.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Fantastic. Um, we've talked about... Um, being an authentic creator. Mm -hmm. And I know that there have been times when you have stepped out of the studio um, and not, you know, you've gone a period of time where you're not creating because you feel like it's not feeding your spirit daily. Yeah, Yeah. so share with us about that and and kind of, you know, what you go through or what you feel or what you think about in in order to create and and, then when do you decide, okay, I'm gonna take a little bit of a break the thing
2: about me as a, a human being and what I, what I realized creating for you know, all my life is that the most important thing is to be truthful to yourself. The moment and the intention that is within you. To experience life and, and, and flourish uh, means that you, you, you have to be authentic, be authentic to, to yourself. And understand who you are, um, and uh, that, that has been important for me um, within my journey. Really, at at the very uh, at the very core, assessing assessing what is in this moment in time the best, healthiest, uh, most most of, uh, beautiful thing that I could do to experience life at this moment. I take breathers. I never really stop um, creating or thinking about creativity or or navigating within my own creative spirit. Um, But what I do is I I, I shift in and out. Um, I think what you've identified is me um, stepping out of the studio to do um, an interest that is still of creativity for me. Um, It might be creating a business. Um, Lately, I've been investigating um, my Trinidadian roots and been involved in, um, you know, carnival creation culture and so on. So,
1: Yeah, well, um, share more about that because you've got a great augmented reality product that has hit the market. Yeah. I started a company
2: um, for um, people in Los Angeles to connect who are within the, the Caribbean community. We create carnival costumes for the Hollywood Carnival and um, and the Hollywood Carnival is is a celebration where everybody comes out, about 60,000 people come out for a day and they all party in the street and have a blast in costume. There's an artist named Peter Mitchell, right? He's a, he's a legendary designer in Trinidad. Um, the, the Guggenheim Foundation gave him a fellowship um, wow. years ago, maybe about two decades ago. And that support from the foundation um, Created this trajectory of of uh, what they call mass masquerade costumes uh, with with this designer that was very very innovative. Um, he's an older gentleman now, so you know he's he's still creating. But um, there are young people like me who have been inspired by guys like that. And because I'm in the United States, knowing that a lot of people do not know about the culture, do not know about carnival and all the depth that goes into it. I just had an interest in that and also wanted to bring my community together. So I created this, you know, this, um, this grouping of individuals. We are creating these, these costumes that are pushing forward what people normally, how new people normally think about um, the, or see experience carnival, right? So I use technology um, to also have people experience it. We were the first company in the world to launch a carnival filter. So where women could hold up the the phone to their faces, and they could look at it, and they could see um, this augmented reality turn their head into a masquerader, right? So they would, they would add feathers and so add gemstones and stuff to their head. So wonderfully
1: um, done, yeah. yeah. I mean, especially with this, uh, you know, the COVID nineteen situation. When are we going to be able to come together for carnival? That's right. So it's a great tool to have. That's really prescient, great thinking. Congrats on that.
2: Thank you, man. And in the first few days, I I believe in the first six days we had 25,200 impressions um, with it.
1: Um, Graham, share with us about all public art.
2: Sure. Yeah. All public art was a a passion of mine. It's it's an amazing, amazing um, endeavor for me to, bring together um, artists and art, art enthusiasts who are interested in, um, in interested in artwork in public spaces interested in studio art and interested in, in what's going on with art and technology so um, all public art was an originally designed for artists to and people to experience um, as many public artworks as possible so for example if you're on vacation with a loved one You could literally go in the app or go on the website and you could click a button and it would show you on a map um, through geolocation all the different public artworks that were in the vicinity. So you could take like a little tour in your area um, if you wanted. Or you could just look around and see and discover art and discover artists. Um, Quickly, what happened was um, not just public artists wanted to be involved, studio artists who were not exhibiting public spaces, they also got involved. And um, yeah, we we ended up really exploring what else we could add to the platform. There's um, 360 degree artworks that are um, that are prepped by a company called Kula.com. Um, we have artist interviews that are um, written in text. And of course, um, we have some artist interviews that are in video by our friends over at <laughs> at Over uh, unlimited, um, and we, you know, we have uh, events, and we have uh, an amazing um, community of, of artists that posts um, their artworks from all over the world. Nice. So it's been it's been incredible. And then go ahead.
1: I was just going to ask you how many artists participate in that because I've always been impressed with that number.
2: Sure, yeah. We've got just around 4,000 artists mm-hmm. um, that are, are in, included in the platform. And they are um, – I'm so amazed at the different parts of the world that these artists hear about all public art from. Business is really at its essence about giving. And business is about providing something that is – is going to impact lives and from my experience and maybe it's just my own little personal experience it's tough hard work it's it is getting up and doing things that are things that you really probably don't want to do the arts it has something very interesting about it where you are you are using yourself and using what is inside of you to uh, to create and impact others in a way that, where they feel, and they are, they are they, they receive some. Any failure that happens, happens because it's not, you are not catering towards um, others. You're thinking too much about self. Um, really, really successful artists and, and art gallery owners are not only thinking about the culture and the environment and what's happening historically, but they are also pushing the envelope um, for what the, the community as a whole need, what humanity needs, what we need as a people um, mm-hmm. in terms of pushing, pushing the, um, the essence of what we have seen and not seen, right? Yeah. Yeah, so absolutely. that's
1: important. Yeah, it's an important nuance to, to appreciate, especially that many artists aren't familiar. So uh, it's a good message for them. Thanks for sharing that. Graham, thank you again. Great to see you, brother.
2: Yeah, you too, man.
0: All All right, right, be well. Achieve is recorded at Subtractive in Hangar 8 at the Santa Monica Airport. Music is produced by Hennedy.